Hello and welcome to the Found Cause, where we found our cause and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael the Man Behind the Machine, and to my virtual front, it's... Sebastian, the bookkeeper. Hello, Sebastian. How's it going? I'm doing great. We're matching today. We are. Double white shirts. I don't usually wear a white shirt. In fact, I was uh, not working from here. Uh, nobody wants to hear his backstory, but I was in a master closet all day working because I'm at a different house. I'm moving studios here, um, and I was blending into the background. I look like a floating head. None... It's a total rabbit trail. Today's conversation here, I'm starting out like I do smoke weed. Today's conversation is around weed and marijuana. And instead of being one of our bigger episodes, I think we've talked on drugs before. Um, we definitely have talked on pharmacate and drugs before. Uh, we have a response video to do about some Christians. Um, Real Answers Real Quick is the channel, a smaller channel, way bigger than us, of course. Um, and the title is, Is It a Sin for a Christian to Smoke Marijuana? And we'll take this further instead of the host, um, not just marijuana, but, but all illicit drugs of any kind. Um, what is the Bible's response? I think we already know the basic premise that, that typical conservatives aren't into doing drugs. I don't do drugs. Sebastian doesn't do drugs. So we're not some like big weed advocates or anything like that. But me and Sebastian would both be proponents of this. You do not want to stretch the law where it actually doesn't speak. Because when we do that, we become legalists by writing laws that aren't actually there, just like the Pharisees. So we want to be very careful with when we say it's against God's law and when it's just a matter of opinion or unwise or whatever else. And so we will examine this soberly. Uh, but and, and not with some grand endorsements of drugs. However, I know that me and Sebastian come into this um, against the legalism that comes with outlawing drugs. Thank you for the disclaimer that neither of us do drugs. That is important yes. too. Yes. <laughs> and you know, some so we'll come out supporting the fact that this shouldn't be a legal doctrine, not in the civil law nor in um, in like Christian moral law. However. Um, what we don't do is endorse drunkenness and and most modern drugs do immediately give on a state of drunkenness um, and so we would say that that is not a good thing it's compromise and is like gluttony or anything else is it the worst sin in the world no and i do think it is extremely overblown in today's culture and criminal code however um, it's not wise to do drugs that put you out of it. And so we are not proponents of shooting up or snorting or whatever else. Um, I think there's appropriate ways to take drugs. Do I know the appropriate amount of heroin or crack or cocaine? No. Um, do I want to buy them? No. The risk isn't worth the reward in today's civil code. But again, we are trying to be very careful not to be legalists on this subject. Um, in case in 200 years, because Christendom can last a while and God is a very patient God, in 200 years they might be taking cocaine medicinally and it's fine. Or they might take it like sugar recreation and it's balanced and it's not overdone and they'll look back at us like the teetotalers of old um, where we look back 100 years ago and see people who banned alcohol and say like what a terrible overreaction what crime um, they caused and you know what uncool kids they were to ban alcohol and so in the same way we should be careful not to look like that in, in 100 years from now all right with that being said let's let the men talk and we will react Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm the Director of Digital Ministries at Watermark Community. I'm already going to put a correction. I said Real Answers Real Quick. It's Real Truth Real Quick. Sorry, guys. Community Church in Dallas, Texas. And I'm here with our senior pastor and my friend of 17 years. Wow, a long time. Now, Todd Wagner. And we got a great question today. We're going to dive. Verse, man. Yep, verses all over the place. Here's the question. Is it a sin to use marijuana if it's not against the law? Yeah. 
Now, here's a, a qualifying question, actually, I would say, is just because the government outlaws it, does it make it a sin for you to disobey them? I would say that while God calls you to obey the governing authorities in their authority, when they outlaw something that's actually out of the purview of their authority to do, you are not actually sinning when you disobey them. For example, the government has the ability to do many things, but there are regulations they put in place that I think are actually unlawful for them to do and therefore it is not lawful it's not unlawful for you to disobey them it might be perfectly lawful for you to obey them too but it's not unlawful for you to disobey them in god's law for instance seatbelt laws i think i kind of like drugs i wear seatbelts i think it's safe to wear seatbelts i don't think there should be seatbelt laws and the government requires seatbelts you are not sinning if you don't wear a seatbelt you might be sinning if you endanger others by not wearing not having them wear a seatbelt and i guess you could postulate the same thing for yourself because you're not your own um, but in any case, it's not a law. You're not breaking God's law in that regard unless there's some inner sin that's causing it. Yes, unless you want to get in an accident and get them injured by not wearing a right. seatbelt. Yeah, that's, it gets it gets very uh, complex in that sense. So as I think we talked about it too. Where does the reach of government extend to? And for example, easy to say, easy to see. The government says you're not allowed to meet in a Christian church. Right. You have to you have to disobey it because yeah. God's who's ruling over the earth has the earth as his footstool. This is the sun says uh, we have to obey God, not a civil authority in that case. Yeah. And now you always want to weigh the cost. As the Bible says, you know, a fool, only a fool doesn't count the cost of a tower before he builds it, as Jesus points out, too. And so when we look at civil law we've gone over this in other episodes before so we're not going to go super in depth on exactly what laws or whatever but we have and we will continue in, in future episodes um but know that we do believe the government has rights we don't believe you always rebel just because the government is out of its bounds so the premise of the question when somebody says if it's illegal to smoke weed is it no longer a sin kind of makes me think that they would say it is a sin if the government told you you couldn't which is not necessarily the case but let's let them keep going well, let me just say real quick, again, we're talking here to believers. If a non-believer is watching this, man, I'm never surprised when a person who doesn't love God, doesn't honor God, makes choices that don't honor God and show their love for God. You're just fulfilling the job description. But what I'm going to share with you is even if you don't know God, you're not redeemed by his uh, perfect provision for you on the cross, you're going to be blessed if you live according to his wisdom and promises. Now, look, it's now, we definitely agree with that, and that goes back to we believe that God's law applies to the nation. And and I've heard this before from, from other dissenters from our position of theonomy, that is, God's law is applicable today. Um, they say the United States is not a Christian nation, and therefore we should not push for Christian laws, i.e. like godly laws. And I would say, I, I understand where you're, where you're going, but uh, that's not sound wisdom, because... Christian law is good law. It's good for our neighbors, regardless of whether they are Christians or not. God's civil law is good. So even though they don't have the transforming work of the Spirit, and they can't perfectly fulfill the law, nor can we, for the record, even though we do have the transforming work of the Spirit, we're not going to perfectly obey the law. Um, God's law makes provision for real people who sin. That's why there's only civil punishments for certain crimes. There's not civil punishments for other crimes. Though they're crimes, they're, they're not punished by the civil authority, even though they're crimes against God. So God's law is good for men in his current state, and therefore we should push for Christian law peacefully and with all the caveats there, but we should push for Christian law. It doesn't matter that the United States or any other country is not a Christian nation. Um, they still would benefit from good law. So I agree with him here saying that it's good even for the unbeliever to live by God's standards. Yep, yeah, and... Even God says, 
to Israel in the in the Old Testament after giving them the law, all the nations of the earth would look upon you and say, like, wow, these people have such a nice God with mm-hmm. such good laws. So the same God, Jesus, we love so much in the New Testament also gave the laws of the Old Testament right. in the Old Testament to Moses. So let's we have to understand that it is the same loving God, just and merciful God gave these laws, even though they may seem foreign to us, let's understand that they are good because they come from God. Right. It's going to be a very temporary benefit, but still, let me make a case for why you shouldn't smoke dope recreationally. We're not going to really answer the medicinal question too much because um, that's really a whole other category. There's 20 states in our country already that have approved it medicinally. Marty going to disagree with his premise right here. Um, his distinguishing between medicinal use of marijuana and the legality of the medicinal use and then recreational is already a problem for me because that's not those aren't biblical categories. The biblical category isn't um, enjoy something because it's medicinal versus enjoy something because it's enjoyable. In fact, Sebastian, I think you have some some text up pulled up for this. There are verses in Deuteronomy that that explicitly show that God allows for alcohol, which I think is an extremely comparable drug, considering it impairs you and and it's not naturally made. Like you have to let things ferment and, and create it. Um, that alcohol is explicitly given to the Israelites so they might enjoy it, not for medicinal use. People quote Paul all the time when he tells Timothy, sip a little wine for your stomach um, and say that the only qualified use for wine is either communion or um, stomach aches or some sort of ailment. And we would say that God does not agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I have it from Deuteronomy 14. It has become very handy for all kinds of situations. And to the end of the chapter, talking about where you should go to tithe. So, if you're going to tithe, but that place is too distant and you've been blessed by the Lord your God and cannot carry your tithe because it's too far away, then exchange your tithe for silver or coins and take the silver with you and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other strong drink or anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord, your God, and rejoice. So here's what we've quoted it. We did an episode on alcohol. So if you want to see that one, we've got it way back in the archives. You can look up our stance on alcohol. We, we quoted this first, um, but I think it goes beyond alcohol um, because we now have many things that do this kind of impairing to us. Now, I think like alcohol... Um, should be drunk responsibly. So too, I would advocate for drugs. I personally am intimidated by the current landscape of drugs. Again, I think they are too strong. Um, It's like if you had one shot, you would be totally plastered. I wouldn't be having one shot. Um, But we know there are proper ways to drink alcohol and there are proper ways to get drunk, depending on your definition of drunk. Clearly, the, the, the drunk of the Israelites that God is condoning here, condoning, yes, you should hear that right, people who are against alcohol, condoning is a, a drunkness that makes you affected, that makes you happy. And there's other portions where wine is a blessing and all the rest. So it's not just the taste, it's not just um, the medicinal effects, it's also the happiness that it brings. Now, everything in moderation, you don't want to go to gluttony, you don't want to go to drunkenness, which is considered a sin. Um, but some of the texts that people go to, like First Peter 5, 8, which says, um, be sober-minded, um, and they say, this means you must always be sober because otherwise the enemy is going to get you. The exact verse is this. Um, again, First Peter 5, 8, it says, um, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 
um, which people will say if you get drunk or you're on drugs that you are no longer sober-minded and therefore the devil is going to get you. Um, pretty classic quote. But we know that God condones proper use of alcohol. I don't think this is even in reference to drugs, so I think it's a bad quote to say. Um, I think better to go to the drunkenness sinless and then, then determine what drunkenness means. I think drunkenness is a continual state. Uh, it's an addiction to alcohol. So same same warning we would give to alcohol, I would give to drugs, and that is they can be addictive. Um and so don't be addicted to drugs. And if you have an addiction, you should stop. And there are some drugs that are more addictive than others. Um, so keep that all in mind when you're being wise about what you do. Um, but in any case, again, we're trying to stay away from legalism. And I think already this pastor is straight way into tradition, way into legalism when he starts making separations between what the state allows, because the state allows medicinal use. And then also there's medicinal versus recreational. That's all non-biblical categories. And you might be saying now, well, what you guys talked about, that's either, you know, we, we clarify what Peter is saying, but then for the law, he may saying that's for the Jews. Well, I say at 25. At the end of days, once the Lord restores the earth and we're in his kingdom forever, on this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best meats, and the finest of wines. So another endorsement oh. of alcohol, which we're giving a direct corollary to drugs. And again, this is Yahweh himself giving you uh, the the wine. So mm -hmm. this is this is an advocate going and uh, get smashed or high or whatever it may be on you know carelessly. But it does. You cannot say that having alcohol at all is sinful. And I would That's say you cannot sure. say that enjoying alcohol is somehow alcoholism or drunkenness or addiction. It's only an addiction if it's an addiction. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what we'd say. All right, we'll let him keep going. Two that have approved it recreationally. Washington, Colorado, other states are having this debate. Our president today told people basically to chill against really the advice of his own administration, previous comments that he had made. Uh, he kind of said, you know what, I really see it like cigarettes and alcohol. Well... Not so fast, Mr. President. Uh, it's not exactly like cigarettes and alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant. By the way, we answered the alcohol question in a separate real truth real quick. And we encourage... Maybe worth reacting to at some point, but um, I would assume that they say that it's fine in controlled use, as most do today. But again, if it was back in the 1920s, this kind of thinking would have led to, to the banning of alcohol, too, for the exact same reasons and the exact same scripture. I encourage you to go there. One of the things we did make very clear is the Bible says wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. He who's intoxicated by it is not wise. We so agree. anything that would cause you to be intoxicated or to become diminished as a man, that's what it says in Ephesians 5.18. It says, don't be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, meaning it makes you less. But again, okay, the the context here, I think, is, is pretty brutal to say that Paul is saying never to be drunk with wine. He's saying it's better to be drunk with the spirit them with wine and that it's flippant to continually get drunk with wine because it's dissipation whereas being filled with the spirit is better so i think this is misquoting a scripture in in conflict with the rest of god's law and allowances and it's a restriction of christian liberty it is legalism but even then like what well go ahead yeah like likewise even paul says to timothy have some wine for your stomach ache well, they would say, okay, that's not getting drunk with wine. That's just like in, in eating wine or ingesting wine, but it's not necessarily getting drunk. I would say having the effects of wine is clearly God's intention with the giving of wine and the gifting of wine. Um, and 
So therefore, getting drunk with wine, I guess, depending on your um, definition of drunk, but I think the definition of drunk is being infected by wine. Um, that's that's actually legal. Less clear thinking. That's not good. All right. A, a believer should aspire to be an overseer. That's First Timothy three. All right. And it says one of the marks of a believer who's a leader is he's not addicted to wine. Now, there is a direct quote that is pertinent, right? Addicted to wine. That overseer should not be addicted to wine because being addicted to wine is a bad thing. Now, we would agree. The addiction, the dependence on wine is a bad thing. Now, enjoying wine and getting benefit from wine is not an addiction to it. Like um, some might say, it's an addiction if you go to your phone and you're bored. You could be addicted to your phone, right? And then you could always be going into when you're bored. But just because you are bored and then go to your phone does not mean you're addicted. It has to be a continued pattern of reliance. And so we'd say the same thing. If you are stressed and you use wine to relax, Alcoholics Anonymous and, and other groups will say that that's addiction. That qualifies addiction. That's being addicted and dependent on alcohol. Um, but we would just say it's enjoying the benefits. Now, if you can't relax without alcohol, that would be an addiction. We'll let him keep going. Okay, a couple of things. Everybody would agree that what marijuana does is it muddies your thinking and it is addictive. Let me just read you some of these things. But it's it's the exact same thing as alcohol as far as addiction. People get addicted to alcohol. People get addicted to marijuana because of the the dependence on the feeling from it. And some will say, oh, and then there's this chemical process in the brain that's rewired. Yeah, like anything that's enjoyable. You do something enjoyable, it rewires your brain to enjoy the enjoyable thing. It's, yes, it's a physical thing, um, but it's not like the addiction that comes from uh, heroin or even nicotine, which we, which we, <laughs> I think these guys probably, I haven't seen their episode in tobacco, um, but I think they probably agree that nicotine is not a sin to do. It's just not wise to do in huge quantities. Um, and the same way nicotine is physically addicting, um, i.e. the brain starts to create less um, of the chemical that nicotine uh, replaces. So in that way, you go through withdrawal if you get out of nicotine, but you also go through withdrawal if you stop um, ingesting caffeine, and we don't outlaw caffeine. So I think we need to be... Um, less legalist in this sense because none of these things are outlined by the bible this is all like sociological research and you're depending on sociological research which is not god's word by their logic too we should ban sugar which also has a high uh, you, you desire it more you crave it more mm-hmm. yeah and, and again a lot of things that uh, they do they aren't consistent with their application of this principle things i've got right here on my lap it changes uh, thoughts, perceptions, information processing, the cognitive process uh, most clearly affected by marijuana is short-term memory. But again, all of this can be related to alcohol. I mean, honestly, replace marijuana with alcohol, it could be in the 1920s again trying to ban alcohol. Or even short-term functionality. Um, according to the National Drug Control Agency policy, um, it says not only are some of the side benefits schizophrenia, a lower IQ, um, it's addictive. Nearly 4.2 million people develop addiction in 2011 to marijuana alone. Again, schizophrenia, I have heard is linked, but honestly, binge drinking can also be linked to schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is just a brain condition. Um, So we would say, while it's not perfectly studied, so I don't know how much I buy these links to schizophrenia, um, it's definitely possible. Uh, And and similarly, schizophrenia and others have been linked to drinking as well. And so we know that God says that all foods are clean, and therefore I would would extend that even to, to drugs, but it should be used in limited quantity and continual sin, i.e. continual drunkenness and gluttony, of course, is going to 
result in physical ailments. Um, the lower IQ, I feel like, could be a statistical thing where people who smoke are lower IQ, and therefore there it is. Um, but say there is some some actual lowering of your IQ from what I'd say. The same thing with schizophrenia, right? It's it's an it, overuse of the drug. It's not an instantaneous thing. Addiction, school failure. I mean the exact same thing can be said about alcohol they really need to be more careful than this when they approach something that is um legalism that's not clearly defining god's word school failure psychosis panic attack uh impairs memory motor function respiratory health and as we've already said it's addictive now I'll say all those things you mean talk to people who smoke pot that they would say those happen with long-term pot use um but think about all the things that happen with long-term alcohol use like people go blind and they crash cars and they have i'm sure lower iq and schizophrenia it's addictive school fear psychosis panic attacks impairs memory motor function <laughs> i guess maybe not the respiratory health other like liver health as opposed to your respiratory health so yes excessive use of anything excessive gluttony is going to um hurt you in all these ways i don't know why anybody would want to do that because it feels good. Now, again, I, do I smoke? No. And plus, I've heard weed is like way stronger than it was before because they bred particularly potent weed. So I don't, I wouldn't be able to prescribe to you an appropriate amount of marijuana because I don't know it very well. Um, just like if you were totally into alcohol, you wouldn't really know how much alcohol you're supposed to drink. Um, but in any case, I, I am well educated in alcohol because of all this, the, the fact that alcohol is acceptable in society. And so therefore, you know, I know how much to drink appropriately and how not to get smashed. I was hoping you would say I am well educated in alcohol because of Sebastian. Sebastian is my wine guy. Um, I have drunk many varieties of wine, never in excess with Sebastian. And uh, he's got a good appreciation, a good taste. I do not. But honestly, <laughs> the, I think the equivalent to, to weed, to keep making the weed or drug alcohol comparison, if you took straight vodka and then drank as much of that as you would wine, you would be way too drunk. And you just wouldn't have known, right? And you're taking way too high of a concentrate. So the same thing with weed or whatever else. I don't know them very well, so I couldn't tell you how much heroin is appropriate or cocaine. Um, and some of those things might be so potent that you can't take a reasonable amount of heroin or whatever it is in its current form. Um, but I would say in and of itself, heroin is not unclean. It comes from opium poppy. I think you can have that without um, without sinning. But it, it could be true. And I to the people who experience um, the absolute devastation that is caused by drug addiction uh we don't mean to downplay the fact that people do ruin their lives from addiction to drugs and they will ruin their lives from heroin they ruin their lives from uh, marijuana addiction even and, and others so we don't mean to downplay the bad effects of addiction but we don't outlaw the things that cause addiction just because they are addictive the only things we would say um, that should be outlawed are things that are inherently sinful like uh, pornography or other, thing, other things that are inherently lusting um, whereas marijuana is not inherently being gluttonous just like alcohol is not inherently being drunk what we're really saying is there's no reason to call these things unclean when right. god declared all foods clean and marijuana is a plant alcohol comes from grapes or uh, beers from could be from wheat mm -hmm. or forgetting the, the barley, in English. Yep. barley yes got it and then opium also a plant so which god i mean which god made for mm -hmm. just so it's all clear like he created that so it is only the you can either enjoy them or you can use them sinfully that is really what we're saying what we're uh, criticizing and holding to here right and then i go because it makes me chill man well of course it does because it puts you in a state that doesn't force you to deal with reality. And I want to say this. But again, 
you have to be careful. I mean, I am conservative, so we both appreciate um, the tone on this, but it, if you're claiming to be Christian and making something a, a matter of sitting against God or just wise counsel, it might be wise counsel, like like we're saying, it is wise counsel, not to enter into drugs lightly because you don't know what's in them. It's illegal right now. I don't think it's worth the cost um, to fight the civil magistrate on that one, even if I think their law is unjust. Um, to go and break it is... A, this is a high cost, so I, I wouldn't do it. I, my wise counsel to others would be don't do drugs. Um, but it is an entirely different thing and should be a tremendous fearful thing to say that God's law requires you not to. Um, because God is a very free-giving God and his law. His law is very loose, um, except for the things that it's hard on. And so this is not one of them. And you shouldn't be so flippant about trying to um, tie it to God's law. I think it is pharisaical. And Pharisees would have long paragraphs on why their laws made sense, uh, but they weren't biblical and Jesus called them out for it. And when you say pharisaical, you're saying this, that we're calling Christians to act in a certain way, and specifically in a way that's not described in in Scripture, or hold to opinions that are not held by Scripture. That's what you mean. Yes, because the Pharisees, amongst many things, when they rejected the Messiah, I think there's bigger sins in this Pharisees list than just adding laws. But one of the things the Pharisees did was in the name of conservatism, in the name of faithfulness to, to God's law, they made up laws and held people to them. And so that's why Jesus describes them as tying up heavy burdens that they themselves do not lift. They create heavy burdens, whereas Jesus says his yoke is a light. So compare that, right? He doesn't have a heavy burden. Like the law, you could think is a heavy burden, but Jesus says it's light through him. Uh, but the Pharisees are tying up heavy burdens, not just the law, but other laws on top of that. that plenty of traditions from the Jews at that point that they would, again, give long sociological talks about why it's important and why the tradition is important and blah 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 but holding people to it as if it's god's law is evil and so is this one of the things you'll see if anybody starts to use anything to cope okay other than facing reality with all the provision that god gives us i see a loss of development and a loss of maturity and a lot of addicts the reason they still act like teenagers is because it, it impairs their development process when they stop facing these trials and hardships with the things that forms character and starts to escape them with things like dope or alcohol or drugs. Now, I'm going to 100% agree with him here as far as if you are going through a trial, you won't be able to escape it well. God is the one who is sovereign over everything, and so he's sovereign over a trial, whether it's the death of a family member or a particularly hard job or whatever is causing somebody to want to escape. God is sovereign over that and has given it to the person to get through. And so I agree with him entirely in that character has grown through hardship often. And so if you have something that's hard in your life, the way to cope with it is not through escape mechanisms. The way to cope with it is through the only escape me mechanism, and that is God, who puts you there in the first place and gets you out. Um, sometimes it's consequences of your own sin, whatever. But in any case, the answer is always to turn to God. So if you're turning to dope, as he says, or whatever else to cope, um, Instead of God, you will never mature. So I agree with him. Somebody who turns to, to dope or whatever else um, to avoid a conflict they need to fight is, in, by definition, not fighting that fight, which causes them to be immature. But notice that can be said for anything. This is not a dope exclusive session, right? Video games, which many people point to as addictive, whatever else, can be an escape mechanism. Movies and TV, people say it's addictive, whatever, it's an escape mechanism. Um, people get addicted to them for multitudes of reasons, but we don't call TV unclean. We don't call other escape mechanisms unclean. We're calling dope unclean. We need biblical backing.
And and we'll say, actually, maybe this is a good time to do it. Previously on this podcast, when we were talking about God's law, we said that, uh, I think I said, if I'm remembering correctly, on a flippant comment, I'm just remembering it in my brain, um, that there's a command against pharmakeia, is the Greek word, in the Old Testament law. Um, and that's where we would probably lump marijuana into. Um, however, I have come to agree with the fact that that actually doesn't encompass uh, marijuana or, or other dopamine-producing products that are happy drugs um, in, in that category. And maybe, Sebastian, you have the actual law at hand. Mm, I do. Okay. Literally, in my hands. In my Greek, Septuagint. Even. Yes, my Septuagint. Deuteronomy 18. There shall be... This is old English for the record. I mean older. There shall not be found in thee one who purchases his son or, or his daughter with fire. One who uses divination, who deals with omens and augury, a sorcerer employing incantation, one who has in him a divining spirit, an observer of signs, questioning the dead. And the sorcerer here, pharmakos, we can see the word pharmacy, drugs. We talked about it before. I don't know, I think I can give a quick summary of it again. The When you see the word sorcery in the Bible, pharmacy is being used this is not a criticism of pharmacy you don't don't put pharmacists to death that's not what we're saying at all so please don't do that they're very nice people what this means rather is in the context of seeking out-of-body experiences contacting demons contacting Mm -hmm. the dead like the witch of endor for example when king saul shamelessly goes to her even though he commanded to put all the witches to death in his kingdom he's like yeah we missed one, but I'll go to her yeah. to talk to the dead, <clears throat> talk to Samuel with that intention and divination, see, trying to see the future, speaking to demons. That's what it's referring to. Same also in the New Testament. It actually condemns the same use source, uh, sorcery. When you see sorcery, pharmakia uh, uh, is being used or pharmakeus, mm-hmm. a pharmacist, not an actual, not a modern day pharmacist, but someone who uses drugs to speak to demons or spirits or just pharmakos, uh, uh, like the idea of sorcery. Cup happens often in the New Testament too. Right. And so I think to any discerning reader, that list of sins in there, um, it clearly denotes that pharmakos is being used in association with drugs that are used to contact demons or whatever else. And we know it's common practice amongst Native Americans and, and the days, the, the tribes of old and back in the old world or when it was being written. And so too today, people go on ayahuasca trips. And while I would say ayahuasca is again in the same category as all the other drugs, it's something God given and it can be used appropriately. It is misused in the attempt to contact spirits. And people do have like out-of-body experiences where they contact aliens and aliens tell them that Jesus isn't real or other things like that, where clearly they have some contact with either their own imaginations or demons, um, whichever they might be. And so that's, that is expressly forbidden by God. But that I would say is not encompassing of marijuana because one marijuana is not inherently hallucinogenic um some would say it is that's why it, previously in an episode i was like i don't know if it's hallucinogenic maybe it does fall in this category but even if something is hallucinogenic um if you're not doing it for the sake of contacting spirits i think that you are lawfully allowed to do it now i don't think it's wise i would say it's more unwise than other kinds of drugs because then you're really out of it and um yeah i i can't see that being a wise thing to do because i think inherently if you want to hallucinate you want to um you'd be very tempted to 
do things just like lucid dreaming or other stuff you'd be contact you'd be tempted to to do things like contact spirits or whatever else so i think that's more unwise not illegal but more unwise but in any case the restriction against pharmacia um is not the use of drugs but rather the use of drugs to contact spirits it is the intention behind it so these drugs these substances are abused yeah. in order to get the effect of the out-of-body experiences whatever it may be uh, could you dilute ayahuasca to an extent in which you're not just lost and literally out of your body probably but it's um, that's normally not wise use so it's not unclean it's just not necessarily beneficial in the state in which it is now but that doesn't just because people abuse something that doesn't mean it is a the thing itself is sinful it is the intention behind it that's sinful right and notice you won't find scriptures like we're, we're kind of arguing from absence here because the Bible doesn't condone, doesn't, except for alcohol, it doesn't like point out marijuana or whatever else and be like, yeah, that's that's the stuff. It does do that to alcohol. So I think we can correlate that because all these same arguments go against alcohol. However, and all the same warnings go to alcohol too. Um, but notice the absence of scripture saying that you can't or saying that alcohol is unclean. Um, there's all the warning passages about use of alcohol, but it's not unclean. So we would say the exact same thing applies to drugs because the exact same arguments are used against drugs as would be used against alcohol. That doesn't seem very wise. That's why it says in Proverbs 31, which isn't just about women. The first part of Proverbs 31 talks about kings and how you should be a king. And it says, listen, king, it's not for you to drink a lot of wine. Um, in fact, what it says right there specifically. A lot would be the key word. Specifically, it says, hey, man, it's, it, it's not for rulers to desire strong drink or things which impair you. So you Kind of funny. I'm just going to point this out because I pointed it out once, not to be mean, but these guys seem like they could have smoked weed in the past. The fact that he's talking like, hey, man, what's up, dude? Uh, don't do dope, man. Some of it's just, it's probably his region of America, but uh, I think it's kind of funny. You could say dope there. It says, for they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of the afflicted. That's why, by the way, we don't just do anything we can. All things are lawful, it says in 1 Corinthians 10, but not all things are profitable. And it tells... So this is like the, the hammer home point, and here they are quoting it themselves, yet with the wrong conclusion. Not all things are profitable, we agree. So, like, is doing a bunch of weed profitable? No, and maybe even doing a little weed isn't that profitable, right? It's not that profitable to watch a bunch of junk TV, but it's not unlawful, and so we shouldn't call it unlawful. If somebody is doing nothing but smoking a bunch of weed, we should call them out, just like if somebody was doing nothing but watching a bunch of TV, we should call them out. But TV itself is not unclean, and the the movements of christians conservative christians have in the past rallied around attacking things like tv we all know the conservative christian culture that was like super anti-tv or super anti dungeons and dragons or other stuff and it has only served as a bad witness against the church a bad witness to the children of those parents like it has not usually been a good thing moderation of tv however you know we all appreciate right there are people who overindulge in tv just like they overindulge in dungeons and dragons or overindulge in dope but we should not be in the business of calling things that god has called clean unclean that's exactly what peter was warned about and that is again the problem with legalism when we've been talking about same with rock music yeah you can have christian rock i i personally don't like it but i've heard that you can have godly lyrics to it praising yeah. the lord so it varies by style same also i mean i don't know if you you would have lumped this in here but reading harry potter like the i, I would say it doesn't advocate it doesn't say let's abandon god and worship demons right it's just like another fantasy world like 
I mean, another another book that has magic, Narnia. Mm-hmm. Not that many Christians criticize Narnia because it has some Christian influence. Same right. with Lord of the Rings. There's magic. So we're just asking for consistency, and we're not getting that from when they cite this specific verse right. in scripture. And we would say those who are consistent on their end of things um, are extra bad. Like there are parents, I know, that outlaw Narnia and Lord of the Rings and all the rest because they have magic in it. And I'm like, the Bible has magic in it. So I don't know what you're going to do about that. Now, it's not righteous magic, but it has magic in it. In any case, I I think legalism causes a lot of problems that are, some are small and some are big. Tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, whatever you do, do for the glory of God and the good of others. And so if you think you becoming more dull, more impaired, it's going to be a blessing to other people. I got to tell you, man, we got a whole campaign to keep impaired people from getting behind the wheel of a car. I don't think you want an impaired surgeon. I don't. Okay? I, I don't do think not. you want an But see the co-inflation of this? Like, the exact same thing has to do with alcohol. I mean, he just quoted it again. Like, it seems like it's kind of going over his head. Maybe he is anti-alcohol. Maybe they did an episode on alcohol and they were totally against it. But um, we do have campaigns against not drunk people driving. Okay, I understood. And you wouldn't want your surgeon to be drunk. So you wouldn't want your surgeon to be high. But we don't outlaw alcohol and god endorses alcohol so what do you do with that you will i think the thing you do with it is take it as the bible would and that is that it's legal and it's to be used in moderation it is used to be happy just like alcohol you use it to be happy so it's not a bad thing to be happy with it um but it is bad to have an addiction to it and of course you wouldn't want to do things impaired with it in fact i think sebastian you have a quote about a restriction from the high priest coming to his duties drunk so we would agree that um that there's biblical precedent for not doing things while impaired even though you're allowed to be impaired <laughs> Yeah. yeah, pardon me. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be laughing, but this is, the, I think, the only one time I laughed when reading Leviticus. And with the, I am I weird? Yes, but hopefully you should all find it somewhat entertaining. Leviticus ten, uh, it says, "You and your descendants must never drink wine or any other alcoholic drink before going into the tabernacle. If you do, you will die. <laughs> this is a permanent law given." So this is speaking to the priesthood of Aaron and his descendants, the Levites. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can imagine what a show that would be, like the, the the high priest stumbling over the menorah, accidentally spilling all the blood. It would be truly an embarrassing thing to witness. So <clears throat> when we have duties, when we have something important to do, we need to be wise and say, no, we take it seriously even more seriously if it's something related to God. How embarrassing would it be for a pastor to show up drunk to church right i would apply not this law but the principle behind it to our modern day church mm-hmm. we're do when we go to church we're not doing it to high five one another and hug each other we're doing it to yes we can do that afterwards or before but during the service during when we read scripture we take it seriously because it's the word of the living god when we have communion we do it together yes but we do it with reverence in honor of our Lord, remembering him. So sometimes we do we do it too much reverence, but that's a story for another day. But nonetheless, we take it seriously. Likewise, being drunk, being high, whatever other ayahuasca, opium, whatever you want to use in this example, you are not respecting God. I say that's what the principle is getting behind this law too. Yeah, totally agreed, Sebastian. Couldn't say it better impaired judge taxi driver if you're supposed to be salt and light why would you say i'm going to impair myself from doing that effect i i will have patience because i know he's not the only one it's very common so clearly it's an easy thing to do so i'm gonna have patience 
However, I think he is dead wrong and very hypocritical on this point because he knows that Christians are lawfully allowed to drink. So he could have the exact same, the exact same application, same, same application, same instance, same use case, whatever you want the word for it is, for alcohol. If you're supposed to be salt and light, why are you out there drinking? You're impaired. It dulls you. You know, Proverbs says, drink is a dollar. I and mean, this is exactly what they would have preached back in Prohibition times. And we know that Prohibition was foolish. It was a foolish law to have. And it's legalist. So it's not only foolish, like, sociologically, and you get all the reasons sociologically why it's bad, but more importantly, it's just not part of God's law. It's expressly against God's law. It's making laws outside of God's law, which are almost always something terrible. And as a gentle suggestion, humble correction to these gentlemen, I would offer, do not pick the extremes in which you're saying, when you are getting ready for work, you're going to get drunk or high. I don't think the problem is that they're getting high. I think that there's other problems behind that, that why are you being so flippant about your duties when you're endangering others? So right. picking these extremes or a surgeon getting uh, high with weed, well, you probably, that person should be fired, not because they're smoking weed, but because they're being irresponsible and they're not going to be able to perform their jo- his or her right. job well. Same with alcohol, same if they're sleep deprived, they should be doing their job. It's mm-hmm. the, again, it's the intention behind it. And in the same way, I mean, this is going to be an insane thing to say, but I'm, I'm sure a vast majority of surgeons operate while under the influence of caffeine. And so we know that there's appropriate amounts of caffeine and caffeine has side effects that can cause jittery hands. You think that, that um, surgeons don't take it. In fact, I think I've heard some t- surgeons do stay off caffeine for the fact of the jittery hands thing. But in any case, um, they are allowed to experiment so that they can get a right amount of caffeine or whatever. And I'm sure it probably improves surgeons that use it because um, they, they need it. They're currently addicted to it. But it does improve cognitive function for its brief amount of time. So in the same way, I can foresee a future where we are embarrassed for outlawing things like cocaine. Not because I'm like indulging in cocaine all the time. And I love cocaine. But because it has positive effects do i know them very well no because i don't experiment with cocaine right if we didn't know caffeine we probably also think it's an upper and it makes you hyper like how could that possibly be good but we use it for like legitimate things staying up um, focusing just like adderall is used to focus um so in any case i think can foresee a future where cocaine is made into some regular old drug just like caffeine was just like it was in the early 19 and 1800s um, when they used it in coca-cola hence coke and other things like that um so I, I really do think we are entirely the Christian community here, which is usually on the side of these pastors, is in the wrong for adding law where they should not. And um, when we point to the Pharisees again and we're like, how dare they add to God's law? You know, I would never do that. Watch out because we do it all the time. In this moment, you give strong drink to the ones that are perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. And so someone might go, well, hey, man, my life's bitter. So I'm going to smoke weed. Well, the Bible tells you if you're a believer what to do with bitterness in life. Okay. Yikes. Can I take this proverb worse? I think the proverb is telling you that it is good for somebody who is bitter or is perishing to have strong wine. That that's a, that's a kindness to them. Uh, it's not a curse on them. And so in the same way, I mean, somebody who legitimately is bitter, they could drink. Now, I'm in agreement with him. The way to get rid of bitterness isn't the drink. The drinking is just a, a, a bonus, you know, an assuagement of their bitterness. It's not the solvent of their bitterness so i agree you got to go to god for your bitterness um but just like when you're near death who gives you eternal life god who gives you happiness god but if somebody's on their deathbed so the proverb says you should give them strong drink as well to ease their pain while they pass okay now again we're not talking about medicinal stuff here 
which is ridiculous. I can't believe he's saying that. What a cowardly thing to say. Like, I respect I respect the position much more if you are blatantly against it, and I disagree like I, clearly we do. Um, but to say that you're against it while the state's against it, but if the state's okay with it, I guess it's okay. Apparently, God is the state to these two gentlemen, at least in this area, which I, I bet, I bet we line up on like so many things and we share the gospel the same way and they're faithful brothers in Christ in so many areas. They've let tradition creep up on them here and it's um it's not a good look. I know I have my own traditions. Please reveal them to me, Sebastian or whoever, viewers in the comments, because I don't want to hold traditions that cause me to exchange God for the state or whatever else. So the fact that the state outlaws something makes it good. Um or makes it bad, and then when the state legalizes something makes it good, I think that's ridiculous. Now, he is saying that when they legalize it for um, recreational purposes, um, it's still not that good. But the medicinal purposes, then it's okay because the state says it's okay, and the state's for a good reason. That's, you're, using, you're believing the state instead of God. I just don't appreciate that take. But what we need to be very clear about is everywhere you look at what marijuana does is it makes you less than the man that God created you to be. It further compounds exponentially what sin does in our life. So why would you want to throw in on that that way? I mean, there, there's some real truth real quick. Look at those scriptures that are down there. You know, it talks about in 1 Timothy 4 real quick. I'll just say this. That, hey, man, you know, you don't want to forbid eating certain foods. That's what's going to happen in the last days. It's a bad thing. And they use that verse out of context to talk about why we shouldn't forbid marijuana use. Um, well, they do take this out of context because this is the warning against like Gnostics who are forbidding marriage and advocating abstaining from certain foods. Uh, but we know from other scriptures that aren't taken out of context that God does allow for all foods to be clean. And therefore we would apply a similar principle to drugs that there's, there's no unclean substance. Uh, there's unclean uses for those substances, just like carrots are perfectly clean. But if you gorge on carrots, I don't even know if you can get fat on carrots, but you know, cake, <laughs> cake is totally clean. But if you gorge on cake, you're going to get chubby and that's bad. That's, that's gluttony. Um, but we don't outlaw cake. We're going to keep going in circular because they keep using the exact same reasoning, so we keep having to refute it uh, in similar ways. But they are applying a tax on alcohol that they can't apply to alcohol because the Bible expressly allows alcohol for the reasons they don't like. So they, they do the same thing with drugs, and we would apply the exact same defense for drugs. I mean, I would ask, you know, would you also abstain them to them from sugar? Because it also has detrimental effects, like with the cake, it has detrimental effects on the body and it can be easily abused it is it is very very uh, difficult to abstain from eating sugar because of how strong the urge the craving is that it makes in your body right and you could i mean you could say anything about anything you enjoy because it takes you i guess out of the moment like maybe listening to music um, takes you out of the moment that you're in and why would you want to be you know dulled to your senses well you could be paying attention and helping brothers in christ and meanwhile you're listening to music on your own that's sinful be sober-minded and alert i mean you could take that for anything you, that's taking scripture out of context Inter well, interesting also you make it, it might be important for for this too swingly zwingli excuse me ulrich zwingli used somewhat of that argument to justify not having music in church they thought it was jewish idolatrous whatever, whatever the yeah. words you may have used and but no friend what what were you saying the psalms say sing a new song to the lord so again you you may be seeing scripture in one way but you're not really playing it consistently as you would in other in other aspects in this case not just music but we're talking about with legalism 
legalism, not just music, but also other kinds of substances like caffeine, coffee, uh, sugar, and alcohol mm -hmm. or tobacco. Yeah, and, and right at that alley, Ulrich Zwingli and other reformers, even some today, um, take no instruments and they only sing the psalms. And um, while I respect the psalms, so I'm definitely pro-singing the psalms, and I think there's a lot of benefits to singing the psalms, to make a law where God has none is an evil thing. And I don't think we should sugarcoat that. It is an evil thing for people to make a law where there is none from God. And saying that you cannot sing other songs in worship just because you don't have those songs in the New Testament, it's called a regulative um, principle of worship and that's what Ulrich Zwingli was, was saying we don't see people singing non-psalms um, therefore uh, we can't in regular worship well we don't really see them singing psalms in the New Testament either we know that Paul says sing psalms hymns and other spiritual songs to each other um, which to me would say you keep the tradition of the Jews which is singing psalms and other new songs and Paul quotes an early poem anyways regardless I'm getting off track here um, these are all worthy of their own topics but the focus is that if you make laws where there are none you are the one sinning not the one that you're talking about well says right after that that you got to sanctify everything to make it useful by the word of god and prayer and when you look at the word sanctify the use of drugs for, to make it useful for the word of god and prayer for relaxing for contemplating god's goodness for enjoying god's creation for focusing i mean caffeine causes you to focus nicotine causes you to focus they're good tools when used righteously for god it tells you not to dissipate yourself not to chill Okay, but to stay on the alert. I would be surprised, maybe not, maybe, maybe he does not chill, but I would be surprised if the man does not chill. So if, if chilling is the sin, I mean, that seems like a totally other argument than uh, if marijuana is a sin, because I would assume he chills. Right. There's always a wise use of, you know, spare time. Maybe you don't, there's not, I don't think there's anything wrong. In fact, it is good to rest every once in a while. God created the Sabbath. We don't, we don't, again, we don't make a law. We don't legalize. We don't make a, a we don't turn into legalism today for Christianity, like some groups do for the Sabbath. But mm -hmm. the principle stands that God does say it's good to have rest. You right. will be exhausted and you will be unproductive if you just overwork yourself. So there is that principle behind, behind it. And what I was thinking immediately, I mean, didn't Jesus turn water into wine and right. normally at a wedding well i'm sure they may have sung psalms you know blessing the couple and whatnot they normally eat and drink to have a good time right it's not for some weird like solely spiritual purpose now it is spiritual to celebrate in you know in god's spirit but it wasn't a worship service it was a celebration of the wedding mm-hmm so we keep beating this this dead horse here, but they keep going again back to the same arguments. Yeah. And so I don't hear anybody making the case that dope does that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make the case. You just heard it. Great, great stuff. And, and listen, there's a lot of information and a lot of resources out there. And so I, we would encourage you to visit Real Truth real quick. Check the show notes for this podcast. Dive in further with some of the resources and the verses that we're going to put up there. And uh, this is going to be a really uh, big yeah. thing in our culture, I Useful. think, coming up. I mean, you know, the, one of the verses we didn't mention that some of the marijuana people use in Genesis 129 says that God's given you every seed-bearing plant on the earth. Well, he sure has. But I don't see them going out there and taking arsenic and shoving it down their mouth. Well, bottom line, Rick, one of the... Is arsenic a plant? Uh I could be wrong. No. I don't really know. I thought arsenic is like an element. Um, that is like a, like a mineral. 
in any case, yeah, there's poisonous plants, right? And you could, you, I mean, alcohol is a poison, right? So it is kind of a poisonous thing, but poisons are used for good. Like some poisons are used for like treating cancer and other things. So there are righteous ways to use every plant out there, including death caps and, and other things that seem deadly, um, but can be used righteously. So I'd say the same for cocaine, same with heroin. Heroin can definitely be deadly, you know, so the opium poppy could be deadly, but can also be used for good. Yep. Likewise, there are plants that on their own, they're not toxic in the slightest, but if you mix them, if you ferment them with a certain way, you can make poisons to have people assassinated as it was done in the ancient world. Mm -hmm. Likewise, almonds were deadly. You could die just by eating an almond back in the ancient world, but now they've been grown and treated in such a way that we don't die from cyanide poisoning in this day. So in other words, there is a way to dilute these things so that it is safe to consume and enjoy. I like almonds. I like almond milk. And thankfully, I'm not dying when I... Right. Otherwise, I want to be here. And it's not simple to enjoy it and to have pursued... Um, some men might call it frivolous to add another thing to eat, right? Because there's plenty of things to eat. Why would you need almonds as well? So they might say, like, striving to make a good, righteous kind of marijuana that's safe to smoke in regular quantities or, or ingest some other way. Maybe not smoking because maybe that's inherently harmful to your lungs or whatever. Um it would be like, oh, why are you doing that? What a sinful thing. Indulgent and gluttonous by its very nature. And, you know, every progress that mankind has made through the grace and power of Christ has been from extraneous efforts. Um, so we would say that, again, not only on the legalist front, but the the halting of progress that comes from men like this is is actually truly there. Like, I am, I am prone to disbelieve the progressive, so-called, um, who say that every Christian thing is always halting progress because progress is always good. Um, and of course, quote unquote, progress to them means sinning and, and rejecting God and throwing off the yoke of Jesus Christ and going back to carnal ways of paganism. So they're really regressing. Um, but there is genuine progress throughout the world. Like it's progress that we've been able to overcome disease through God giving gifts like penicillin and whatever else. Those were invented by men given by God. So progress has been happening over this past 2000 years in Christ's kingdom because of Christ's gifts and the Christian benefits. And so we should push for progress, even if it's small in our own lives. Anyways, that's kind of a preamble to say that pursuing godly ways to do drugs is actually a godly thing to do. It is not evil. You might be saying, isn't that a stretch, Michael and Sebastian? I would say, no, actually, we get that principle from Genesis when God gives, tells Adam, you're, you're to steward the earth. You are to subdue it. You are to tame the earth. Alcohol, you you don't just find grapes as it is and then just squeeze them and you get alcohol. It took a long time to grow separate kinds of grapes. Likewise, the ones that you eat are bigger, if you know know this, compared to the ones that you use for wine, which are tiny, very, very tiny uh, grapes. That took a lot of time. That took work, human effort to bridge the two apart Mm -hmm. so it can have somebody can eat some that were designed exclusively for alcohol and again you might be saying this is so silly why would you take a plant that didn't yield either and then make them diverge into these two areas i would say it's part of the command like god created all these plants and animals i mean dogs at some point they were they needed to be tamed Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating for evolution, for the record, no, but, but I'm just saying there are many animals mm-hmm. that needed to be herded, tamed. Likewise, horses that were tiny. There was there was actually another humorous thing: how 
in the ancient world in Asia, the horses were tiny, so the Mongolian armies were riding on tiny ponies. Yeah, they're like feet are basically <laughs> touching the ground. Yeah, it is <laughs> the the vicious hordes. Yeah, so that took time to breed horses that were bigger mm -hmm. and taller. You might say that's silly, but I don't think I think it's actually part of the command to steward the earth. And as right. a steward, you can, in a godly and honorable way, not abusing the plants or the animals, you can breed them, you can make them grow in a certain way. All this goes to say, I do not think that it is sinful to pursue studying certain types of plants or animals and either breeding them or making them develop in a certain way. Obviously not just because for your entertaining, but with the mindset as Christians, speaking to Christians, in a way to create a, the progress, mm -hmm. Christian progress, not secular progress, on this earth as God commanded Adam. Right. And to make it full circle, I don't think it's sinful that there have been strong concentrated forms of the original plants. Like, I don't think it's sinful to have concentrated cocaine or heroin or marijuana into its current levels. However, and all the prudent wisdom that comes from this, um, you have to be careful now that they are concentrated on how you use that. Um, because just like alcohol, you know, if you drink fermented grape juice, it's probably going to be a pretty low alcohol concentrate. But if you use all the modern techniques to make a high alcoholic content uh, wine, you'll get drunk before you realize it because you're used to drinking a smaller alcohol quantity. So in the same way, um, if you smoke a whole blunt of some really strong marijuana, I mean, I sound like such a druggie right now because I don't know any of the terms, but uh, uh, if you if you smoke uh, one cigarettes worth of marijuana the mary J, and it's really strong you'll end up like having downed like i said in the beginning some like large quantity of vodka and so you'll be way out of it it's the same with heroin or whatever else i don't know the proper amounts and um i wouldn't go procuring it i would not advise christians to go procuring these things unless they really know what they're doing from research um because i think it is dangerous in its current quantities because it's misused and that's how it's packaged it's packaged in its misuse um package right uh, but because it is part of God's creation, it can be subdued and made for good. Like you were saying, Sebastian, I think it's a super good point. One of the things I'd tell you is if you're a believer, or if you're a non-believer, man, use your head. Don't go to a head shop, right? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're going to find out that that is what's good and acceptable and perfect. So hate to say that to my friends who own head shops, but that's not where you're going to go to find life. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for checking out Real Truth real quick, and we will see you next week. Snazzy jazz music. All right. Sebastian, we have once again made a six-minute video like in a 57-minute video. So any last closing <laughs> comments before we let the viewers go? Yeah. Which, I mean, I chose, suggested this to you, Michael, because it pretty much captures in a very short amount of time, six minutes, the mainstream view that many, many conservative Christians have, or even sometimes maybe even progressive ones have too, when it comes to drugs. And they did a pretty good job. I mean, not not that their position is good, but they were very succinct yeah. in explaining all their points. And I hope that you can see, if you're not even familiar, what the heck are Christians saying about drugs these days? What the argument is from their position. And my hope for us was that using the word of God, we're able to consistently demonstrate that God doesn't speak out against drugs, mm -hmm. meaning he doesn't call them unclean. The substance itself is not sinful, 
but rather we want to make sure it's understood. It is the intention behind it. Alcohol is not sinful. Some Christians back in the 20s said that in the U.S. in Latin America, that that was never a thing. So it shocked me when I learned that for the first time there was a ban on alcohol. But the it it is it is not right to impose or create laws on top of God's laws. Normally, many many things go bad, go very very poorly when humans invent new things and add that on top of law and impose it on people. And that is why I see you can see you have seen a lot of dissolution with the church, not because God does God has He's elected His people everywhere. But in many cases, it is because of the imposition of these extraneous things, right. these things that have nothing to do with the with the law of God. So rather, what we call for is stick to the revealed word that the what the Lord has given to us, what we possess today. You don't have to take it from us. You can take it from the Bible itself, consistent from Old to New Testament that we have shown, mm-hmm. and ultimately. We do not rely on substances. We do not rely on alcohol to feel good, to overcome any difficult situations. We rely on the one and only, the one who is seated right now at the right hand of the Father, the Lord of hosts, Jesus Christ, who came down with sober mind, went to the cross, gave his own life as a ransom for all who would repent and believe, and is now, after rising again from the dead, is seated at the right hand of the Father. The earth is his footstool. Repent, trust in him, because just as much as he may have given a law for a, a, a stubborn, stiff-necked people, as he said so himself mm-hmm. about the, the Jews, he is also kind and merciful. And if you repent and believe and trust in him and him alone for all your sins, substance abuse, whatever it may be, he and he alone has the power to deliver you from all of that amen we need some preaching music for you there that's why we found our cause in serving the lord jesus christ thanks for listening if you want to see the rest of our episodes you can go to foundcause.podbean.com or download them all for your listening pleasure it's just audio only though if you want to see our videos you got to go to youtube or facebook and search us up there we're also on spotify and itunes wherever else you might find your podcast so until next time we talk about something completely different thanks for listening bye-bye